But it ain't me that's trying to hit on something. I'm trying to awaken you out of your stupor because what God is wanting to do in your life, you don't have much time to get it accomplished. And if you don't soon move, the knocking is going to stop at the door. You answer every other knock. Every time you need something to eat, you make sure you answer that knock. Your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend calls you. You make sure you get up with them. Your children knock and you're right there. But the very Savior that left all of his wealth up in, uh, in heaven, gave up everything, came down and gave his entire life for you. You can't give him an hour on Sunday morning. A true hour. I know some of you are here, but you ain't giving them a true hour. Some of you are looking for a reason right now to get out of here. That's sad. I love you. You know I'm going to talk tough to you because I love you. I love you with all my heart. But I love God more. And I do not want to see Jesus turn away from this door and go forward and leave us. Ask your neighbor, say, can you hear him now? We don't hear God when he speaks. We don't hear him when he knocks. Let me rephrase that. You hear him, but just like being knocking on the door back there, nobody went to go open the door. Do you think the pastor wants me to go open the door? Do you think Ben's want me to open the door? You think it'd be all right to get up and open that door and shut him up so I can hear this song? Get nobody moving. That's what's been going on in your life. How much longer are you going to live life on a banana peel? Oh, but Kip, I do this and I do that and I do this and I'm well intelligent and I read this and I study my word and everything like that. Or you ain't on the system of God. You know you ain't on the system of God. You're playing. It's time to get serious. Because if you don't get it in you and in your family, very quickly, you ain't going to have the opportunity to do so. They're coming after the word. They're coming after the church. There are bills in the Senate right now to shut down churches. Shut down the opportunity for you to get to know Jesus in the United States of America. And God has been knocking on the door of the church, and they don't listen. Some of you may call it blasphemy, but I got to tell you, I've attended enough of good church services, and I don't want to go to another good church service the rest of my life. Good just is not good enough anymore. I don't want to hear any more good preaching. I don't want to hear any more good singing. I don't want to hear any more good... Praying or praise. Let me ask you a question. Would you be interested in eating something that was good? When you know in the kitchen the best was waiting for you. 
Would you be satisfied with just eating a good pizza when the best one ever been cooked in your life is waiting in the kitchen for you to eat? I don't know about you, but I want God to show up in his Shekinah glory. I want him to show up in his tangible glory. Compared to God, everything that we do, every song that we sing, everybody else that stands behind the pulpit, they're reduced to a warm-up act until the real thing shows up. And he's been wanting to show up. And I'm afraid that we build a religion and we build a lifestyle around the appetizers and we forgot the main course. Sister Sissy, say what you got to say. As I, the Holy Spirit had me come up to give altar call, he had me turn toward the congregation. That was his altar call, his calling. And as I stood there, waiting and expecting for others to come, he had me turn around quickly and said, that's how quick so there's confirmation. The Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse number 2. In verse number 1, the bridegroom had came to the door to go see his beloved. And he knocked on the door. And in verse number 2, the bride responded and said, I'm asleep. But my heart wakes up. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, and my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. And the bride answered back and said, Well, I've already put off my coat. Why should I put it on again? I've already washed my feet. How shall I get them defiled again? I'm too comfortable to hear you and get up when you come to my door. Verse 4 reads in that chapter. Said, my beloved, the bridegroom, put his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open up to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the flock lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself, and he was gone. My soul fell when he spake. I saw him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me and they smote me and they wounded me. The keepers of the wall took away my veil from me because I could not find my beloved. Yet three minutes earlier, he was knocking on the door. In Luke chapter number 9, verse 28 to 35, Jesus took three of the disciples and he carried them up into the mountain. And there in the mountain, the three disciples was tired and they went to sleep. And as they went to sleep, 
Moses and Elijah came down and the mountain there turned into the glory of God and Jesus began to wear a right robe and they began to talk about how Jesus was going to die. And it was a long conversation. It lasted for a long period of time. And right at the end of the conversation, the three disciples woke up and they saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus standing there. And just as soon as they woke up, bam, they disappeared and there was Jesus. Peter jumps up because he had woke up out of sleep, wiped sleep out of his eye, and he ran to where Jesus was and he says, Master, it's good to be here. It's great to be in this situation. Oh, it was good to be here. Yeah, I was asleep just a second ago, but it's great to be here. I've missed it, but it's great to be here. It was wonderful while it's going on. Uh, but I was asleep while it was going on. I heard nothing that was going on in there. It's great to be here. There's something wonderful about this place. Never mind that Moses is already gone. Never mind that Elijah is already gone. It's great to be here. So here's what I'm going to do, Lord. Why can't we take three tents, put one up for Moses so he can come back, and we put one up for Elijah so he can come back, and we put one up for you so you can dwell here forever? Because it's good to be here. All of a sudden, a cloud came over and overshadowed every one of them. And the voice of God spoke and said, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Moses was not concerned with a false finish line that Peter proposed. Elijah was not concerned with a false finish line that Peter proposed. Jesus was not concerned with a false finish line that Peter proposed. God the Father was not concerned with a false finish line that Peter proposed. Only Peter was concerned about stopping where God had been. They didn't know that the best was yet to come. It's just like when we get a little hint of revival. We go out of the gate just like runners in a sprint race. We explode in eager pursuit and we run with everything we got. And the more we run, the more we give out. Then we're about to run out of every bit of strength that we got and we're getting close to the finish line and with one last ounce of strength, we lunge ahead just as hard as we can only to fall short of the finish line one foot. We always seem to stop short from where God wants us to go. Or we stop at a false finish line and fail to seize the prize. I don't know about you this morning, but I am tired of false finish lines. Jesus is tired of false finish lines. On top of that mountain, them three disciples had fell asleep like you are. In the castle, the king had come to knock on his own door. And the bride had got so used to living in the castle so long with the king's absence that his knocking on the door did not 
rouse her up enough to where she would go and get him in the castle with her. And he knocked and he knocked and he knocked and she says, I've took my coat off. I'm ready for bed. I took a bath. I washed my feet. What is so important that you're going to get me out of the bed right now? She didn't know who was knocking. And while she was looking at the door and the knock was going on, the knock stopped. And she says, hmm, whoever it was is gone. And then she saw and recognized her lover's hand reach into the door to try to open the door himself. And when she recognized that it was the hand of her bridegroom, the hand of her husband, she jumped up to go run and get him into the house. And it took her a little bit of time to get her bedroom shoes on. It took her a little bit of time to get her coat back on and be presentable. And by the time she got to the door, she swung the door open and the myrrh, the perfume, the cologne that was on his hands, she could smell it and she felt it on her hands. And she looked up and she could not find her bridegroom. She had waited too long to respond to who was knocking at the door. We often stop at false finish lines simply because our flesh gets excited. We want to be just like Peter. We want to uh, literally interrupt God's revelation of himself so that we can build a monument in honor of what he's done in the past. Now, church, some of y'all been with me for a long time. Y'all been to this church a long time. Some of you went elsewhere, came back, all that. That's wonderful. But let me share something other with you. We had a good time, and God moved here in this church in 2007, 2004, 2007, and 2011. But God has not moved in this church since 2011. He's tried to stir and wake you back up out of sleep. We say that it's good to be here and call Living Water our church. But we are literally basking in what God done before. Oh, we say it's good to be here, Lord. But we are missing out on what God is saying and what God is doing right now. Good services, good music, good preaching. That's no longer acceptable. You've got to meet God yourself. In Revelation 3 and 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear me and open the door, I will come into him. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Ghost right now, this minute, is shopping for the next outbreak of the glory of Almighty God here in this world. He is standing at the door of Living Water Worship Center and he's been knocking and, and knocking and knocking and he is looking for the next heart of David that will get up and say, whatever it takes, Lord, that's what I'm going to do to get you back into the house of God. Someone has got to prepare a place for his weighty habitation. And if we don't, he's going to turn away from this door and he's going to go somewhere else and somebody else is going to get his glory. How many of you want somebody else to be blessed when the blessing is supposed to be yours? 
God is looking for worshipers that will prop open the door of heaven and will do so with their hands up, raised, tears running down their eyes, running to the altar, giving God what his glory should demands, and say, do so so that the glory of God can come down and have an open heaven all the way from heaven to you. God is waiting right now for somebody to hear him knocking and get ready and get up and go open the door for him. We see the propheticness of this in Song of Solomon chapter number 5 when the, the, the bride jumped up to go get her door open for her beloved husband and when she opened up the door he was gone. And the minute that he was gone the watchman beat her to death almost. When God pulls away his glory from your life you will see all hell break loose in your life. You can tell God this is the way I believe it is, but you better get what That's this right. book That's says right. it is. That's right. It ain't what you think. It ain't what you believe. It ain't all right just because you feel like it's all right. you got to present your sins in and repentance yeah. unto God and prop open the door of heaven so that God can come down in his glory and bring to you what you need because God gave you the key. He will not bust the door down to come into you. Why in the world would his door to his house be locked? Exactly. And in my kitchen, I've got all kinds of keys. I've got keys to houses that I've sold before. I've got keys. I don't know what to go to. And I can go to a doorknob and I stick a key in there and it won't turn. But when I finally find the right key, when all the ridges hit together and it hits the lock together, the lock opens back up. You may have misplaced the key in your life, but God has called Living Water Worship Center to find the key because the latch is on your side and you better find the right key and you better find it quick because he gave you the key of his own appearance in this church. He gave you the key of the ability to open up the windows of heaven. He gave you the key to save your children. He gave you the key to kick down the gates of hell and we respond exactly just like Solomon's bride when he comes a knocking. Must I get up and go do anything right now? I'm too comfortable I got my feet propped up in the recliner don't bother me right now I've taken off my robe have I got to get up again I've washed my feet I don't want to get my feet dirty anymore we have become so comfortable. We have become too comfortable. And when we look at the door, getting up to go open the door is so inconvenient to us that we will not get out of our lackluster comfortableness and get up and go grab the door and open it up and submit ourselves to God for Him to do what He wants to do. Yes. Yes. Our comfort has bred apathy. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Hey, lazy. Now, some of you ain't smiled at me yet, but you know I'm telling you the truth. This is your last warning. Hear me. Amen. I ain't playing with you anymore. God ain't playing with you anymore. This is your last warning. Amen. You better start listening. Grace will not be here much longer. If we last to 2023, I'll be surprised. Amen. Do you hear me? 
There is nothing to happen in the Bible anymore for Jesus to come get his church. And he says, I'm coming after a church that is spotless, that is wrinkled, not, don't have a wrinkle, that is ready to go up, fired up, ready to go up and fired up to be able to change this world. We don't have a lot of times your children are dying and going to hell. And if you love your children, you better start loving God and pay attention to God because your children will not make it unless you open up the door for his glory. Do you hear me prophesying to you? It is critical hour. We are demanding and declaring war on the whole on the whole the whole kingdom of hell. And it's time for us as God's children to get out of our apathy and say, Well, that ain't like me. Well, let me explain to you. I heard y'all when you hollered and screamed when your child scored that touchdown. I've seen y'all when y'all got praise and get drunk. I've seen some of y'all act stupid and lose your emotion. Why in the world can't you be thankful and lose your emotion for a man that gave it all for you? Why can't you? What's your problem? You can get out there in the gym joint and you can dance. Woo! But yet you walk into the church and you look like somebody slammed your mouth shut and locked it with a padlock. What's the problem with you? Why is it that Jesus is even having to knock? He should never have to knock. The door should always be open for him to come in here and do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. That's right. That's right. But yet we've got Sister Betty over here trying to get you fired up to get up to move. We are gathered here today at Living Water Worship Center to celebrate the life of Living Water Worship Center. Too bad they already gone and he they died a few weeks ago. I want to thank all of y'all for showing some honor to it. I'm grateful that you've come to show that you support it and you love it and it touched you in some type of way. But Living Water's dead. The possibility of meeting Living Water again here on this earth does not exist. They are not coming back. It is over with. We find up, finally wind up so asleep that we can't hardly be awakened up. Let me give you a definition of what that word sleep in that verse. But she said, I'm sleep. That word sleep is yashan in the Hebrew. And it means to be slack, to be languid. It means to grow old, to be stale, to be inveterate. It also goes on to mean that it reduces you in intensity. Nobody has no intensity anymore in their worship. It means to be disinclined to move with any physical effort or any exertion. To literally be relaxed, to not be in a hurry, to not be excited, to be lethargic, to be lazy, not able to perform well, not able to go out and do anything creatively. It means that you are having a situation in your life where you have done something the same way over and over and over and over and over again that has been too long that you've been doing it that way. But it also means to have a habit, to have an activity, to have an interest, to have a long-established habit in your life, a long-established routine in your life that is unlikely to change. Because it's so deep-seated and so deep-rooted on the inside of you and entrenched so deep on the inside of you that literally you think that's the way it's supposed to be. 
It is the very same word in Hebrew that was used when God took Adam and put him under anesthesia and made Eve. When you're in that state, that stupor, people can cut on you. People can take your organs out. They can literally remove the vent from you and the air from you, and you can die. When you sleep like that, then you don't have no opportunity to come out of it unless somebody is skilled can wake you up out of that anesthesia. And the church today is in an anesthetic way state, and God is saying, I've been knocking on the door for decades, and they will not hear me, and I am about to quit knocking on this because the end of time is on the way, and it's time for you to wake up if you're going to be in the number of the saints marching around the throne room and worshiping God up there you better get serious and you better get serious today am I talking to anybody this morning but no you want to say can't that wait a little bit I got a headache oh I stubbed my toe I got a bone in my leg oh I can't go to church today there's a brain up in my head. Don't you know there's COVID out there? I can't go there because of COVID out there, but I can sure run to the food bank and I get a bunch of food. I can go to Walmart and I get a bunch of food. I can show up at that concert and I can sure enjoy that. But I can't go to church because COVID's there. God's hand is supposed to cover this church and this should be the one place in the whole United States of America that there is no danger of you getting COVID. Amen. Yes, Amen. I don't know about you, church, but I am not satisfied with how good things have been. I want the best. I'm not satisfied, sissy, just getting high. I want the most high. Someone shout amen. amen. I don't want just the excellent. I want the most excellent. Amen. I don't want just the effective. I want the most effective. I don't want just the enjoyable. I want the most enjoyable thing that I can have in my life. I don't want just outstanding. I want the most outstanding. Amen. I don't want an outstanding preacher. I want the most outstanding preacher. I don't want just outstanding church members. I want the most outstanding church members. I don't want just a gospel to preach. I want the most outstanding gospel to be preached. I want the highest standard that I can reach to, and I want to usher it in. And you know what? God's saying, if any two, everybody holler out and say two. If any two touch and agree on one thing, it shall be done. Where's the other one? Where's it at? Amen. Do you want to go to hell? No. How much longer am I going to scream at you and get you awakened to the fact that Jesus is knocking on your door? You better shut up talking to me. Do you want me to go cast that devil out of you right now? Hey, Lori. I'm not mad. God's upset. Yes, yes. God is trying to call this church. He's been calling this church. He's been wanting you here. He's wanting you to move forward. He wants you to be the outreach to your family. He wants you to be your outreach to this nation. He wants you to be the one to usher in his glory, not his kingdom, glory. his glory. glory. And when you get his glory here, his kingdom will take yes, over. Yes. He wants to walk with you. 
He wants to talk with you. He wants to be able to talk to you himself personally, not through my lips. Amen. Do you hear me? Yes. But we're like Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. Oh my God, look there. There's Moses. There's Elijah. Oh, and they go to run and all of a sudden they're gone. And they say, oh, it's good to have been here. It's good to have been in living water. It's good to have been here many years ago when people were jumping up and down almost touching the ceiling, running around this church, running on the outside of this church, new people coming in on a daily basis. It was good to be here then, but I'm tired of living and basking in what happened last year. God wants something new today. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Amen. Amen. I opened and my beloved was gone. He had withdrew. He turned away. The most alarming time in church is when the knocking stops. It's the scariest time you will ever live in in your life. Because when the knocking stops, you instantly forget how important it is for you to be comfortable. When the knocking stops, you'll forget how important it was for you to have a lounging lifestyle. When the knocking stops, you will begin to realize and understand that love is not top priority in your life. And finding a husband or finding a wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, number one, that would be the last of your worries. When the knocking stops, the bride ran to the door after that knocking stopped and all she had left was the fragrance of where he used to be. He had withdrawn. He had turned away. Now, you might be happy with that. If you are, then shake my hand today. Tell me you love him. Go home about your business. Do whatever you want to do. You might be happy with that, but I ain't. I'm tired of the past visitations. Amen. The church seems to have the mindset of memorializing what happened in the visitations of the past. It's just like your spouse has passed away and all future meetings of your spouse here on this earth will never happen again in your life. And that's the way a lot of people are approaching church today. Mm-hmm. That Jesus ain't going to show up no more. Mm-hmm. And you might ask, well, God ain't going to stop knocking on me. Let me tell you, he's done it many a times. Mm-hmm. He's done it before. And I fear that the knocking is about to stop right now. We're just like the Jews when Jesus was making his triumphal entry in Luke chapter number 19. And on the first day that he come in, they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were ripping off their clothes and they were throwing it down. Oh, he's wonderful. He's great. The second day they were saying, by what authority are you doing what you're doing? And the third day they screamed out and said, crucify him. We don't want nothing to do with him. That's exactly the way we are. Don't you ever let Jesus have to say, I knocked on your door and you did not get up and you did not answer it. I visited you, but you refused to open that door. And because you refused to open that door, you didn't receive me. And because you didn't receive me, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. God wants you to give what he wants most in his life, and that is your intimate worship and your communion. He wants to know the real you. I preached to Mrs. Susan not very long ago, and I said, the you that you know that I think I know ain't the one that you are. 
And God stopped knocking with the Jews. And God went over and started knocking on the house of the Gentiles. Bartimaeus was in the city of Jericho. And there in the city of Jericho, Jesus had already passed through Jericho. He had went through Jericho. Everybody saw him. They, they pretty much saw and knew what he could do. And he literally was there on the outside of Jericho. Jericho had lost their visitation. But all of a sudden, this blind man named Bartimaeus, which means son of the blind man. So he was blind by generations. There's some of you right now this moment, you got a plague of blindness spiritually in your life and your whole family's blind. It's not just you that's blind. Your grandma was blind. Your granddaddy was blind. Your mama was blind. Your daddy's blind. And it's all through your family just like Bartimaeus. And Jesus was walking down that dirt road and all of a sudden everybody said, Bartimaeus looked over and said, who is that? They said, it's Jesus. And he says, but well, I need him to talk to me. He said, don't bother him. Don't bother him. Shut up. The crowd literally told him that he wasn't supposed to do it. And they disproved of it and said, you crazy. You're crazy to get there and to bother this man. He couldn't see Jesus himself. He had to move in blind faith. He was considered blind. He was unclean. He was not supposed to come close to anybody. He was bound by that generational blindness and he had to act in blind faith. But he looked up and said, I don't care what the crowd says. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what my girlfriend thinks. If she ain't going to get right, then I can find somebody else. If my fiance ain't going to come with me, then I'm going to find somebody else. God cannot turn away from your brokenness and he was there in his brokenness and he began to holler, Jesus! Jesus! Have mercy on me. The people in Jericho saw him but they did nothing. The people in Jericho knew not the time of their visitation. They missed the moment. Now let me say this. You cannot in any way preserve your dignity and seek his deity. Can't do it. I don't care how dignified you are. If you try to preserve that, he'll never come. You got to lose yourself. He said, come to me like a little child. Some of y'all too grown up. Some of y'all too intelligent for your own earthly good. You can't save your face and seek his face. You're going to have to lose your spiritual manners. You got to lose your denominational foundation. You got to lose That's your right. protocol. That's right. You got to lose it if you're going to find him. Now, I don't know about y'all. But I refuse to let him come this close and pass by. I said, I don't know about y'all, but I refuse to let him come this close and pass by. I refuse to let him pass by because of one of y'all. That's the reason why I'm preaching the way I am this morning. I refuse for him to turn away from that door and leave us just because I can't get one other person on the ballgame to say, I want Jesus in this house. I refuse to do that. 
the woman with the issue of blood. They were, she was unclean. She wasn't supposed to be in the crowd, but she touched him. The disciples out on the boat, the Sea of Galilee, the Bible says that he would have walked right by them, but they cried out to him in their dilemma. Bartimaeus was told, don't you scream out. And he says, but I got to have Jesus. And he cried out for Jesus. And the woman with the issue of blood, she touched him. And Jesus passed through Jerusalem on almost a daily basis and through Nazareth, through Capernaum, all those places. And they missed his visitation. But the people did not even know that he was there as God in flesh. Jesus is knocking on your heart right now. Do you hear him? This is his house. And we got the key to let him in. Amen. Because, Betty, the Holy Ghost is searching for the next place of a breakout. Sissy, the Holy Ghost is searching for a place of the next breakout. Thelma, the Holy Spirit is searching for the next place to break out. Katrina, the church is the place that God wants to break out in, and he's searching from one church to another to see which one will let him in. God is looking to break out in North Carolina. Carol, when are we going to let him? There's babies in here today. Anybody ever had a baby? Amen. When that one there got hungry, now I'm going to tell you what, he'd wake the whole house up and everybody in the next house until he got something to eat. We'd carry him to church and try to keep him in the church. And if he got hungry during the church service, he didn't care who was preaching. That's right. He didn't care who was singing. He didn't care who was sitting there. He would put his hunger on display. And he would let everybody know, feed me. And there ain't no baby that's going to be dignified that's right. when they're hungry. That's right. When they got a messy diaper, they ain't going to be dignified. They're going to want you to change it. When they got the colic, they're going to let you know they got the colic. And they'll let you know all day and all night there's something wrong. When are you going to put your hunger on display? All right. This is the hour of our visitation. This is the day that God wants to show up in this church. This is the hour that he wants to take this church and make this church a true church instead of having church in the four walls change this nation, change this neighborhood. God wants you to rise up and say, you know what? That their 12 ounce can of beer ain't got control of me anymore because Jesus died and took it away. Sex don't have the control over me anymore because Jesus had delivered me. Amen. So I ask you today, do you hear him now? Amen. Do you hear him now? Get on that road. Do you hear him now? Because let me tell you what God said. For 12 here today, 12 is the last time you'll knock. Do you hear him now?
You've got a good hand clap as folks have come home to the Lord. Stand with me to your feet here this morning. As many of you know, I don't preach that hard most of the time, but there is a time when you have to really awaken the congregation to what God is doing. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit has crushed hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought folks home to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have renewed the heart and the passion. Father, I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you the honor. Thank you. You're worthy of our praise. We give you glory. Go with us, dear God, and direct us. Bring us back in love and in unity as we come together again, as we usher in your glory. Father, anoint us as we go forward, Lord God, to change the atmosphere on our jobs, change the atmosphere in our family and in our home and in our town. Father, have your way in our life, Lord God, on a daily basis. Speak to us, Lord God, in the wee hours of the night. Father, give us dreams and visions and, Father, prophecies that we be able to speak forth and have your power and move in, in avenues of our life in Jesus' name. I thank you today, Lord God, for your word, for your mercy, for your grace. Have your way in each heart. Go with them, Lord God, and direct them, Lord God. Bring us back in love and in unity once again. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it all in Jesus' name. And the church shouts, amen. 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 You are just mixed. Hug a, a nick and shake a hand. If